There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth, revealing emotion, Strengthening their self-awareness and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy. From the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Woke Man series, the greatest case study on man, where we're sharing the conscious journey of men. Now, I'm here with my man, Big Kev, the warhorse brother. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. It's great to be here. Mm, it's good to have you here, man. We were together, yeah. um, we were together on the retreat. Uh, in February, Tim Morrison's retreat, and we got to know each other quite well through that period. And I obviously got to hear your story a lot more, see your power, see your um, the depths of you, you know, your shadow, your your darkness. And you know, there's nothing more beautiful than seeing every part of someone, man. So I'm I'm honoured to be able to share your journey here. Mm, nice words, man. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here and express my side of the journey. Yeah, bloody hell. So let's start with the quick five questions, man. The first one, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Well, I grew up in a, in a city called Galway on the west coast of Ireland and grew up there until my early 20s and spent the best part of 10 years then traveling around um, doing everything that I wanted to do, working in different countries and getting a feel for, for life, and at the moment, I'm living in Perth. Sweet, sweet. What brought you to Perth? Like, why did you, did you, was it that travel bug type thing? Yeah, so in 2018, I, um, um, I was after finishing working in, in uh, America for a few years, and with that, myself and one of my best mates, we decided to go traveling for a year for nine months and um, the last destination was Perth and I'd originally planned on staying there but I suppose six months into the journey I was getting a little homesick so decided to head home after we finished in Perth, head home for a few months, catch up with the family and then uh, it was January 2019 yeah, I got back on a plane and came back over to Perth to start the next chapter of my life. Wow, man. 
and it's yeah. been a pretty good chapter by the sounds of it. Is that when sure. your conscious journey started? Was it was it coming back here? When did that start? Yeah, so I suppose I suppose originally my conscious journey started in 2012, but for all the way up until 2019, I had completely forgotten all about um, my experiences back then. But um, I suppose now my conscious journey that I'm on has started in in June, June 2019, and, and with that, it was I was dropped headfirst into into the conscious journey wow. with uh, dealing with um, some of my I suppose traumas that were coming up that I had never really dealt with. I had been suppressing them for so many years. And it just got to a point there that I couldn't couldn't deal with them anymore. So yeah, that led me on to the journey of finding myself and finding out why these traumas were having such an effect on my life. Yeah, awesome, man. I can't wait to get into that. How old are you now? Um, I'm 29. Awesome. Yeah. And what are you doing for a living? Uh, for a living, I am an excavator operator. Um, currently, I'm working FIFO. Um, took a break there, stepped away for, from it for a few months. But um, yeah, I've started back into it recently enough. And yeah, for, at the moment, it's, it's what's, what's available to me. And yeah, I'm just going to stick with it for now. Awesome, brother. Cool. What's one thing you're really good at? Uh, one thing I'm really good at is uh, working with my hands, um, woodworking especially. Uh, it's a hobby that I've always had, always enjoyed, but I've been away from it for, for a while and slowly, slowly started getting back into it over the last year. Oh, wicked. So, like, what sort of stuff are you making? Like, big tables? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's what I originally went and studied with in college. I did um, bachelor's in a course called Furniture and Wood Technology. Wow. And, um, yeah, I really got a taste for life then and never really went into it. Mm. But, um, yeah, I suppose as a hobby then for myself, yeah, for the tables, a lot of, I suppose, coffee tables, um, smaller stuff then. Like being in Perth now at the moment, I it's like starting all over again. I've no tools, so I gotta make do with what I have. So mm. um, at the moment, it's only small things like really getting into the wood carving again, trying wow. just starting off small, small spoons, couple of bowls. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at at the moment. That's pretty good, man. That's really cool. What's your mm. biggest fear right now? Right now, my biggest fear is is being seen. Uh, seen by um, my friends back home in Ireland that have never seen this side of me. Uh, that right now is my biggest fear, and stepping into that discomfort is very difficult to do. Yeah, uh, and is this been a obviously just started when you've gone on your journey? This feeling of this fear is like, oh fuck, I'm changed, I'm different. It's like, what are my mates going to think? Because it started when you started doing more of this work. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like, I suppose, just being fully expressive about how I'm feeling and what's coming up for me. And that I've, I've been around 
like people all my whole life working around machinery and certain mindsets of people and what you perceive as mindsets of people and with that you try to express or you try to say that you're not feeling right and you just know straight away that you're making people uncomfortable mm -hmm. so it's an area that you don't really want to i suppose rock the boat in mm. and i've known that rocking that boat lately is healing me mm. so i've been trying to step more into that discomfort while yeah. still understanding where that other person is on their journey yeah that's beautiful man what's your favorite quote um i'm not really much one for quotes man but i suppose <laughs> one thing that really one thing that like i've been reading a book there one of the eckhart Tolle books and yeah he one of the passages was the past has no power to stop you from being present now mm. and when i read that it was like that was a, a really resonating quote for me that whatever has happened to you in your past it shouldn't dictate what you're doing in this present moment right now mm. if you're sitting in this present moment you should be fully present in what you were doing yeah what has happened in the past shouldn't have any effect on that yeah it shouldn't but it does hey mm, yeah, yeah so it does. The, the head catches up to us and it just takes over that's a lot yeah big time what is a conscious man to you bro uh conscious man to me is someone who is aware of their feelings emotions and is open to learning new methods of new tools of helping you through a situation to better yourself um yeah so yeah that's that's it for me no, man, to be a better person <laughs> looking yeah, at, how, to be a better person. at a whole level a eh? like looking internally yeah. yeah uh what's one thing that challenges you right now stepping into my stepping into my own power yeah uh, something that i've always had issues with um for for years just never really had that confidence to step up and to step up and just speak your truth in, yeah. in a situation where it's needed so lately it's that's what's challenging me is like actually taking that step forward knowing that you have the power to stand up to express your opinion and to just be unapologetically yourself mm -hmm. mm. unapologetically yourself yeah it's it's the daunting it's the daunting part like the retaliation or the yeah the the retaliation of those around you when you do speak up is that is that it yeah yeah yeah, yeah what scares, what scares you most about that uh i it's other people's opinions and like if i was to to um yeah it's um yeah i can't really answer that one man actually to be honest is it like is it like being um the scent the spotlight and then you've sort of got to defend yourself 
anger like you've got to really know what you like is it the fear that you don't know what you're going to say and then so they're like you don't know if you're if you're right or if you're wrong or is it like just getting the spotlight and then just copying that beating from being in the spotlight or is yeah. it just ups, upsetting people like you don't want to upset people are you a natural are you a natural people pleaser yeah 100 percent. yeah i was um yeah always just trying to keep everyone happy yeah and just disease, keep so. everything cruisy don't don't rock the boat too much and just try and try and just be just blend in and was that, yeah, was that's, that, that's was that making you really unhappy and unsatisfied being a being a people pleaser and blending in what were you yeah because sort of um i was i was aware of it but i never really never really wanted to express my voice uh, i always just wanted to keep everyone else happy so yeah to take the focus off of me um mm. yeah it was it was always like in a situation at work where like a supervisor or something like that would ask you a question and just just like like with that just do exactly what they say to take the focus back off you even though that you know that what they're asking you to do is against against what you're against the work that you're doing or against what you're you're standing for or um yeah just to not not be seen yeah uh, to hide yeah no yeah mm. wow i feel that man what's mm. unconditional love mean to you bro um unconditional love I remember I had this discussion with my partner um, very early into our relationship and it was something that I didn't, at the time, it was right at the start of me really stepping into this, stepping into the awareness around being conscious. <laughs> and with that, I never really understood what the true feeling of love was. And it was a debate that we were kind of having back and forth. And my, how I perceive unconditional love is a mother's love for a child, for their child. Like that is unconditional love. Mm. And then in comparison to say, like falling in love with your partner, like you fall in love with your partner and you grow in unconditional love for them. But instantly with a mother and their child, that is unconditional love straight away and they would die for their child. Mm. Mm. Um, it's like ultimate protection, eh? Ultimate protection, yeah, and they'll do anything for them. Wow, beautiful, man. And do you believe in a greater power? And, and what is that to you? Um, yeah, 100%, 100% believe in a greater power. Um, for me, it's just knowing that, that there is, there's always somebody looking after you. There's always somebody looking down and yeah, there's been like situations in, in my life and in my younger life where I had always had that that feeling that there was somebody always watching over me mm. and just keeping me safe. Um, so I suppose a higher, a higher spiritual realm, um, 
where past ancestors look over you or whatever, but I, I definitely believe in a definitely believe in in a higher a higher realm. I don't really know. How I, do I, I don't think anyone I don't think anyone but it's like it exists. Yeah. That's that's cool. There's some it. there's somebody there and they're always looking over you and that's yeah. that seems to be writing with that. All right, brother. So let's get into the main questions. That was some beautiful quick fire questions. And this is the real raw part, man. Like we talk about your story, talk about your journey, what it looked like going from the unwoke period to the, you know, the deepest, darkest parts of that. And then, you know, on the other side. So the first question is, what did your life look like as unwoke? And what does it look like now in comparison to that earlier person? Unwoke for me was uh, a very sensitive, sensitive person that didn't know how to deal with or control his emotions. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, like it was just, it was just an area that. I always knew that I was, I always knew that I was a more sensitive person, but I never really wanted to fully admit it because I always felt that society has you to be, perceived to be a, a strong person or you're like, my nickname is, is Smiley. Everybody calls me Smiley because mm. uh, I always go around with a big, big smile on my face. But the problem with that is that I, no one ever really knew the pain that I was carrying inside. Mm. And yeah, before I started on this journey, it was, it was a constant battle with, with my overactive mind. Like mm. my overactive mind towards myself was so negative. Mm. Um, and then, like what I was saying earlier about stepping into, into a situation where you have to speak up and speak truth. Even if I didn't do that, I'd turn around and, go back to what I was working at or whatever and just be completely shredding myself like negatively like you are a piece of shit like this is what I was constantly dealing with all day every single day that was your self-talk my self-talk yeah I never never had the voice of of being positive or building myself up or giving myself a pat on the back or even if I did achieve something, I'd never, I'd never show that to anybody. I'd never, mm. I'd never expressed it. Or I always just like take it as that, yeah, no worries, and just like move on. Never really yeah. celebrate. Never celebrated my wins. Yeah. And um, yeah, for for so many years, that that was the my biggest issue what I, I knew was i knew it was my biggest issue but i never had the, i never knew there was any way out of it like i've always heard you know you should always get always get help like there's always help there to get but i was always too fucking proud mm. too proud to get help like fuck it there's nothing wrong with me i don't need any, i don't need any help mm. until until it was just, it just got to the stage where it was, it was too much, and 
I was still denying it whenever whenever I originally um when I originally like stepped into the discomfort of asking for help. Um and then so now if you look at yourself now after all that period, you know, changing the way you see things, getting some support, how how does how do you show up now? Like how, what's your self talk like for instance? Like how do you see things differently? I um I'm much more um I'm much more gentle with myself. Mm. Um if I fuck up on something I don't beat myself up about it. Uh, or at least I more ninety-nine percent of the time I don't beat myself up about it. But when I do, I know that I have just been through a process and I say negative loop and then I climb back out of that and just get back into the swing of things of being just being a little a little kinder to myself. Mm. Um my journey is very, very new. I've only been I've uh, been working on myself to, oh, not quite a year. Yeah, I'm, it'll be July, I suppose. It'll be my my first year. So, still still developing the tools to to improve the, my my mental, I suppose, my mind frame and and uh, just being a little better with myself. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's. Yeah, it's just been not as hard on myself and just being a little kinder to myself. Mm, that's awesome, man. It's funny how you can take that shift and you go, fuck, I was oh, like, I was so harsh on myself. Or I, and just simply having a different awareness that you're actually in control of your life and that you can change it if you choose. And, and all you do is you just one tool at a day, you know, or use that tool mm. one step at a day. It's fucking, it's awesome, man, to see, you know, the, the men in this series, just, you know, conscious men that I know as well, look at their life so differently now. Mm. It's so That's yeah, beautiful, man. So good. So in that unwoke period, bro, what was your biggest vice? What, you, what did you use to feel, you know, greater? What did I use to feel greater? I, if I knew that I was in a situation where I could talk down on somebody, because I'd use, I'm not, I'm not an overly big person, but I am quite tall, I and say, I have. I would say you're you you're, you're quite a big human. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good. Um, but yeah, I definitely there would be situations where I get. I'd meet certain people that I might find that they might be a lot more timid or they might be a lot quieter than me or whatever. And I would use that to my advantage to belittle them oh. and to use to stand over them hmm. uh, in a sense. Um, wow. So it was the opportunity to um, dominate someone. Yeah. Find that, like, just having that little bit of power and a little bit of authority over somebody. Yeah. And just to just to boost yourself a little, just to boost me, just that little bit that I needed to like go back into the crowd there on scene. What? Why did? Why would? Why would you? Why do you think that was your vice? Like, what was that coming from? Why were you using it? Um, 
I was working, I suppose, I was working in trucking industry over in, in the US. Um, I spent I spent four years working over there and with that trying to trying to be somebody trying to I suppose um, fit in. And with that, I felt that if I just did what the boys did. Yeah, I did what other people did. Um, yeah, like for me, I went over to the US with um, a very stern outlook that I, ha I, ha I knew I had to change. I knew that there was stuff there in Ireland when I was working in Ireland that I didn't like. I didn't like being pushed over. So when I started this new chapter of working over there, I was like, fuck it, I'm going in right from the very beginning with a military mentality. I'm going to go in and want to be as fucking rigid and as strict as possible with everybody that I dealt with. It didn't matter if they were working with me, if I was working for them, it was just being one way and that was it. And just throwing up these boundaries and uh, why were you why were you originally doing that? Was that tied to something in your past? Like why did you have to go all of a sudden? Like I have to be strong. Like what happened to to you in your life that created this? Throughout high school, I suppose I was bullied pretty heavily, and with that, it was just trying to fit in. But I had always been just. And not an outsider, but I suppose just always been outside the group. But I always tried my best to fit in. Um, and with that, I was always bullied quite heavily for that. Um, and that kind of, that continued for me for my whole way through college. I just wanted to fit in and just not be uh, seen as different. All right, bro. So, look, you've got five emotions. These are, the, these are the emotions that challenge men the most, okay? And I want you to talk to me about which one challenged you most. That is anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, and anger. Now, they might have all been, but mm. which one challenged you most out of all of those? Fear, fear and anxiety yeah. would be the two strongest ones there for me. Did that come from bullying? Yeah, yeah, the fear, the fear definitely, and then the anxiety then really, really developed later on in life. But, um, yeah. As, a, as, as like a byproduct of, of fear? 100%, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so what, sort of what would trigger the anxiety? Um... Trigger the anxiety. Um, that's a good question, man. Because it used to just like, yeah, I, mm, that's a good question. Like, how would it feel in the body when it came up? Oh, the like, I had had this ripping sensation through my chest, mm. like my whole way through my chest, my upper chest, and down, down through my arms. Um, 
yeah it was like it was so it was so strong that it was it was it would knock me like with what i was doing if i wasn't doing a particular task or a job or whatever i'd have to stop and calm myself down in that in that moment because i couldn't continue with what i was doing mm. um so it was almost like a yeah. disorder in the, in the sense like it was that overpowering like a like like general anxiety disorder yeah yeah it was like like i seriously felt like my chest was collapsing in on itself it was being sucked it was being sucked inward yeah. and and with that it was always like i'd have to hunch over and just gather my gather my thoughts for a minute and then just breathe breathe through it because i knew it was going to pass i didn't know how long it would last but i knew it would pass and that was just from your experience it would just pass over time yeah and that was that just became the norm that just became the norm for me i didn't um how did how did it yeah. how did you how did you like is it prevalent in your life now or is it like how did it just go away what did you do to just allow it to go away yeah it's not it's not present it's not present anymore um definitely the the retreats over in bali we were over in bali shared a lot of that so just like that, that, that. Um, that shadow work, that dialogue, having those conversations, um, yeah. the healing work, the breath work, all yeah, that. Yeah, working, working with the breath work. And you don't have anxiety work. like you have before? No, no. It's like, I mean, there's times there, there's times it might creep in, but it's definitely nowhere near the magnitude that it used to be. Shit. Um, That's awesome. I'm aware that when it comes in, I have the tools to work through it. Yeah. Like I know that if the anxiety comes in, there's something in my mind that's just eaten, just eaten away. At, there's just something there in the background that's eaten away at me, and I know that if I do a breath work or if I drop in, meditate, do a meditation, and sit with that feeling that I'm sitting with it at that time. I'll find it and try and try and work through it. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking nice, man. That's kudos to you, bro, because you know, you're looking at it and you're going, all right, I gotta, I'm going to pay attention to this, you know, that's yeah. fucking awesome. And yeah. so, so you've contributed that fear and the anxiety as a byproduct of the fear to, to that bullying. Have you, have you managed to find forgiveness for that and let, let that situation, you know, in your childhood, go or is it still in your life a little bit i for the most part for the most part i say that i have forgiven it um i forgive i've forgiven a, a, a huge chunk of it but like i find that i'm so so early on this journey that there could be something that'll trigger uh, a moment again that I would have to work through and then forgive it. But my my aim has been to forgive mm. all of the all of the bullying that I received when I was when I was uh, mm. in my teens. And with that, like I look at it now, I look back on it now and be and I'm grateful for for feeling that because if I didn't, I wouldn't be the person that I am now, or I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be in the situation where I am now. Yeah. To 
to be open and to be vulnerable and to be seen and to just express my side of the story and to just hold space for somebody else that's in that in their pain mm. and to be compassionate for those people so it's giving you like you've got a perspective as if to say it's happened for me yeah and and but that the process is still saying yeah i will find forgiveness for it because that that's my mission it's not i'm going to use it as, a, as i'm not going to blame that situation for why i'm i'm here i'm going to find forgiveness and use it for my journey I blamed, I blamed her for so long. I blamed her for 15, 15 plus years. And I knew that that wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't sorting anything. Rightfully so, so though. Like, rightfully so. Like, you, you, you know, if you don't have the tools or you don't have the awareness to say I'm a victim and that's not serving me, like you said, after 15 years, you go, fuck, this is not working. I've got to try something else, eh? Yeah, big time, yeah. And now, now that I did try something else and... I have, I have taken the step forward of actually being like, oh, why was I the victim for so long? And being, and actually going forward, the mentality that I forgive mm. what happened at that time. Yeah. Like, the, the, the stresses and the trauma, like the pain and the stresses just dissolve. Yeah. Like in my case, it just dissolved. Like, like a lot of, I've done a lot of work to get to that point and it's not a fucking easy task at all man it's it's not easy it's definitely rewarding hey i mean look, 100%, you yeah. know the friendships that you create after through this process is phenomenal man mm-hmm. so so next question uh, whose love did you crave most growing up and and who did you have to be to get it i came from a very loving family um i that was that was one thing that like like most 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 everybody everyone's families have issues, um, but there was one thing that wasn't denied is that my parents unconditionally loved their kids and loved my siblings. There was no questioning that. But I think for for that question, like it was that I never I never loved myself. I never never accepted that and I didn't like I never knew that until recently mm-hmm. that I was always searching externally for for something but I just never accepted myself yeah and I never loved myself yeah. and and with that like it just it just went down I went down the slippery road for a while and yeah, I just completely hated myself for for such a long, a long period of time, and it's only recently that I realised that that I just didn't have any love for myself. And and how does how do you give yourself love now? Like, what does that mean to you now? Taking taking time from myself just to be in nature. Um, nature has been a big has been a big healer for me. Um, to just like to just take those moments, even if it's only 15, 20 minutes, get your feet in the ground, get your feet in the grass, and just ground in and take those brief moments throughout your day to just ground in and be present with where you're at and 
not be as as hard on myself, which I fucking am not anymore. Like I definitely aren't. Um, yeah. Wicked man. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. It's um self love is definitely one of those things where you just like fuck. It's all just self love. Like the self talk, you know, the time to yourself, the ability to mm. want to improve yourself, um, putting yourself first instead of pleasing everyone else and putting yourself last. All these mm. things equal self love. Anyone out there listening yeah. right now, it's a it's a key factor in your own personal happiness. Putting yourself first is mm. huge. So let's talk about um, some of the low, well, one of the lowest points in your life, man. Take us back to a, a memory that springs up and describe that situation to us. And was suicide ever a factor? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a factor a few times. Mm. Yeah. Um, I suppose one of my, I suppose, rock rock bottom moments I was I suppose when there was one one particular time I suppose I really really had to do a lot of work with trying to heal lately over the last six months was uh, uh, I was after being bullied and I was after being beaten up pretty pretty hard in school and and uh like physically beaten. Yeah, yeah. I used to I used to cop cop beatings by ten up upwards of ten guys at a time. And it was always it was always just something that had that had started off pretty small and I I just kept bouncing back from it. Just I'd take a cop a beating and just bounce back, wouldn't think anything of it. Um I realized that I had a pretty pretty high pain pain threshold uh, from that, but there was one one time it was my birthday, and I caught a beating from about ten guys in the locker room in school in the gym, and and it was I. It was just something that they were they were even telling me that this was going to happen, and I just got to a point, and I was like, "Fuck it, it's going to happen. Let's fucking just get it done and over with." There was no backing away from it, and I copped his beating, and it was about it was probably about ten guys in it, in it, and I just remember that just getting the shit kicked out of me, and. At the end of it, there was one guy, or at the end of it, I came out of this, came out of it, I stood up and pretty much shook it off. And one of the guys was like, fuck, you've never seen anybody take such a beating, get back up with a smile on his face. And for so long, I always wondered why I had a fucking smile on my face, but it was a nerve, it was a nervous reaction for me to just fucking smile. It was just always the way it was. Whenever I was nervous, I'd laugh, I'd smile. 
and that followed me the whole that's followed me the whole way through life but i sat down in the room and like the bull or the uh beating was done or whatever and i was like fuck i said that was it was it was a heavy enough one and I was glad to be over it and I was kind of just gathering myself and then all of a sudden then one guy fucking he hit me so fucking hard with an elbow man that that point was I didn't see it coming I was completely taken off guard and it really really knocked me that one that one elbow even after copping such a beating I knew that that was going to happen but when this this elbow came at me, man, I never saw never saw it, and it, it shifted. It shifted something. It shifted something in me when I got hit with that elbow. What did it and shift? I whatever it shifted me for it. It knocked me. It, it definitely knocked me. It knocked that little bit of I suppose confidence that I had that I that I could fucking take a beating. Mm-hmm. And and bounce back from it, so and it sort of became a weaker after that point. Yeah, and then after that, then every every beating that I had was there were fucking pain. I was getting a lot of pain. I was crying. I remember. I think that was probably around the same time, maybe a little later. And I remember being in my bedroom at home and having a those one of those Stanley Stanley knives with the retractable blade. And I remember having it in my fucking, having it in my hand, holding it on my wrist, holding it on my wrist, ready to slip my wrist, and just like, just bursting out fucking crying, and bursting out crying, and just like falling, falling into this complete utter weakness that I couldn't hold this thing in my hand any longer. Um, and then, after that then, I... I remember my family were in the house and I just, yeah, sat with, sat with it for, I cried for maybe five or 10 minutes and then, yeah, sat in my room for another half an hour until all any resemblance of any tears or anything like that was gone off my face and went back into the family life again and pretended that, that nothing. Did they know? Did they know what was going on? No. No. Did you tell them or like um, they didn't, weren't suspicious like with the bruises or anything? At, at that time, at that time, they didn't. They, shortly after that, they, they found out. Um, but I was so, I was so, I was seeking validation from these guys for so, so fucking hard that, like, I remember telling my parents, please, I begged them, begged them not to fucking, not to go to school, not to go to the school, don't, don't take this on me, like, it can't be seen. Cannot, cannot step, step forward. Cannot admit this because I just couldn't step into that discomfort of having these guys that are what I was trying to work with to try and get into this circle to just completely reject me altogether. So now you've got that same fear. Is like I don't want to be seen. I want to hide. Mm, yeah. And so yeah. It just it pretty much translates into your life today. Yeah. Yeah, definitely went forward in life, yeah. Fuck, man. I really appreciate you sharing that journey. 
and I, I know it's I know you've got some power in there to share that story and obviously on this platform and to be able to help others who have gone through bullying like I've I've coached some other guys that have had that and heard a lot of other stories about bullying mm. uh, and man phew, I'm I'm so grateful you're here with us brother to help other people go through that Sure. Yeah, man, I'm grateful that I st- stepped into the discomfort and really started to heal my own trauma. I mean, that's so, probably why you were no- no- nervous with this too, right? Like this podcast is like sharing your story, stepping out, getting into the spotlight, being vulnerable on a, oh, on a, on a public stage, right? Yeah, man. No, yeah, this is, this is like, like in my adult life, this is probably one of the hardest things that I've I don't know, it's just to actually be seen and to actually just come out and say that I've, I've had shit for years and just to be like, just to actually just come out to everybody and say that I've, I've had, had problems or I've had, I've been fighting, fighting all these issues for so long. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing a good job, brother. So if we go through after that, right, like what, Talk to us about a mo- the moment of awakening for you that it just triggered a change. Like, was there a significant moment where it just was like, I've got to change, and you started doing more of this inner work, this self-inquiry, cultivating self-awareness, healing. What was that moment? Yeah, so I suppose I'll just go back to, I'll say May 2019. When I remember driving. I remember I was working on a building site in Perth. And there was one guy on that site that just, he was just fucking always thought that he was better than everybody. He was just a fucking smart ass. But we kind of got into this, uh, into a bit of a heated discussion one day and he just said something to me that it just kicked, it just kicked me in the guts. And I remember driving home, driving home from work, like crying and just like, Praying, praying for a B double that was that was beside me, and like on the on the freeway, like just praying for its B double to blow a steer tire and fucking run me off the road and just kill me. Mm. Um, so this was in May, and then shortly after that, then the my partner we had only just started started dating, and we were still in the early stages of our relationship, and. I suppose I was uh, wanted to get an interest in the stuff that that she was doing, like some of her hobbies, and uh, trying to get a better interest in her life. Uh, trying to, I suppose, um, trying to tune her. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What were um, her interests? What were her hobbies? Um. Yeah. She. I suppose. Um, She's big on this path, and I, I didn't know what that was at that time. I, I remember, I remember one stage someone asking me before, "Do you know what? Do you know what consciousness is?" And I was like, "Well, I'm standing talking to you. I mean, am I conscious right now?" I'm like, <laughs> "Like that was not my level of consciousness. Was I had I had a clue, but um, um, she had made. She asked me if I had wanted to go to." Um, Tim Morrison's Soulfly Kikau ceremony 
No, nice. And I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. What's that? <laughs> didn't 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 know what it was. And she was like, oh, it's a three-hour sound healing meditation. I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds different. And I was like, yeah, well, at least I suppose yeah, I'll go and relax and have a meditation for for three hours and chill out. And yeah, that's not that's not what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what was that experience? I guess for those people listening, are like, you know, what's the soul flight, sound healing, and all that? Tim Morrison is actually episode number seven on the Woke Man. Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah, he he's he, so he holds cacao ceremonies, which is used as a plant serum, a plant medicine to open up the heart um, and connect to the spirit of that plant and you know bring more love into your life and he uses he has amazing instruments where he uses sound to you know use that frequency of all the different sounds to heal the body heal the energetic body and then you're in there meditating with like up to 100 people right and Mm -hmm. um, so for anyone who's not you know even delved into meditation that is very very like different you know, you didn't know about consciousness and you've just been like thrown in the deep end pretty much oh man i haven't got a clue but i was getting myself into i can guarantee you that well so what happened in that experience for you so yeah i suppose i remember yeah walking into that into that space and immediately knowing that i was very uncomfortable even though i was around some very chill out people um that was a uh, that was stepping into discomfort for me was being around around that kind of um i suppose um being around some very chill out individuals mm-hmm. um i remember um i remember one point in particular i had sat down on my yoga mat and tim was tim was doing his um or he's just plays plays guitar as everybody comes in and get settled before the ceremony starts and i remember sitting down and like looking around and being like what am i doing here with all these fucking hippies man and just like it's like jeez yeah this is completely different for me but the ceremony went on and or the ceremony started and um we all had the cacao and I don't remember the first hour and a half. Um, I remember dropping in, doing like Tim talks you through, talks you through the meditation, and I remember starting the meditation and then boof, blackout. Uh, don't remember anything for the first hour and a half. And I remember waking up and um, needing to go to the toilet, so I went out, came, went to the toilet, and came back in. And I remember sitting down. And being in absolute awe of what I was say, witnessing, even though I'd never experienced anything like this, I was always open-minded and always knew beauty when I saw it. And I remember seeing 70 people in this room in complete and utter peace, mm. just relaxed. Every single person was deep in their own meditation and enjoying the journey. And I remember sitting down and just looking up at Tim playing playing the music 
and um, just being in awe of this man and like what he was, what he was doing. And I settled, settled back into it again. And the second half of the journey was, I was quite present for it. But I remember that I felt a lot of emotions kind of coming up and going and coming up and being suppressed back down again straight away. Um, and at the end of that cacao ceremony, I came out of that being very confused, very confused. I didn't know what, I don't know, and I, my, my overactive mind just got the better of me. And I just, I didn't know what I had witnessed or what I had experienced. Yeah. And even, even now to this day, like, I, as a term that I refer to my partner, my brain was fried from that experience. Like, I, I couldn't answer a question, simple question. Like, I remember her saying, what would you like for dinner? And I just flat out couldn't, couldn't respond. Mm. I didn't have a clue how to answer the question. Mm. But as the days went on, as the days went on, emotions started to come up and they started to come up hard, very hard. And I didn't know how to deal with them. But it was, I think I was on my week off and I remember flying back up north and heading into a two-in-one, two-in-one swing and just fucking falling apart. Just like, like the anxiety was, was the worst I had ever felt. Like, I mean, I was in so much pain and not knowing why I was in pain, I had a clue. Um, and trying to deal with that for, for, for two weeks, not, not knowing why I was in so much pain, it really set me on, like, it, it, like, I feel that I was in so much pain that I didn't, I didn't know how to express it, even though I'd never expressed it before. So but I was just at the surface and you're just like, what the fuck do I do with this? It's, oh, Jesus, like, I mean, 100%, like, like I look at it now, like, say if my pain all the way up for the last 15 years was brought to, say, 60%, that kick-out ceremony and the two weeks after that literally brought me to, like, breaking point. I mean, I was at, I was at 100% and about to crumble. Mm. I, came, I came down from that swing, and I remember being on the plane flying down, crying, like, and the people beside me not wondering, why, why is this guy crying? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't express. And it, the pain and the, and the trauma had been built up for so long that I, I, had called, I had called mates in construction because I didn't know what to do. I knew I needed help and I didn't know who to talk to. And... I, I called them and a woman came out and, and uh, met me the following morning after flying in. And she was like, you need to go to a doctor. She was, you need to, you need to seek for professional help. And, and after that, then I went to the doctor and he 
he sent me on to a psychologist and he said that I needed to see a psychologist. So I remember going in a couple of days later into the psychologist and the psychologist handed me a sheet of paper, a couple of sheets of paper and be like, here's one to five, zero is like your cam and five is like you're at the extreme. And I remember I ticked five in every single box. And she she was like, just from the state, like just from the, when you came in and you were telling me what you were experiencing, she goes, you have some form of PTSD mm. from, from whatever. I didn't tell her anything. She hadn't heard anything about cacao or, or anything like that. And she was like, you take every box for somebody who has PTSD. And yeah. that's when... so much sense. Oh, like everything, everything, every emotion, every pain, every trauma that I had dealt with or that I hadn't dealt with for 15 years was brought up all at once. And I was deep, trying to deal with the whole lot together yeah. and not That's... knowing how to deal with it. So, so then after that, what did you do? I mean, you went on a healing journey because obviously I know, you, I know your journey now, but what, what did you do from that point? Like what healing modality helped you through that process? Yeah, so I, I had called or I had sent a message on Instagram to Timmy and told him that I was at his cacao, that I was at a soul price ceremony and that I was just an absolute wreck. Like I was crying, I was uncontrollable. I was just in so much pain. I didn't know what to do and I needed some help. Mm. And he had suggested a one-on-one experience or a one-on-one uh, session. So I went to visit Timmy and when I met Timmy, I was in a pretty bad state. And he had, um, he brought me back down to, um, from being in such a heightened state to a sense of calm. But when when he was um, during the one-on-one session, he was talking me through different um, uh, breathing patterns and like he was saying, he, had, he was, he was uh, working with different energy centers and um, trying, to, trying to relax me pretty much. And I remember in that journey that he had he had this little Tibetan sound bowl, and he had happened to leave it sitting on my chest. And when he rang it, it just sent this vibration through my body that it just woke me up in the sense that I that there was something greater at play. There was something there was something bigger out there, and it had just started me on my journey of healing. Mm-hmm. That. I came out of that one-on-one session being like, what the fuck just happened? Like, so confused, but like, so sure that I had to dive into this. I had to dive into this head first and I start my healing journey Mm. because what I had experienced in that one-on-one session was, was just like shedding, shedding layers of trauma. Like, I came out of that one-on-one session just, like, lighter, like, with a brief sense of peace. 
But with that, a couple of days it went on and like all these questions started coming up and the overactive mind to started again. But I knew like from that point on that I had to like dive into my my issues and sort my trauma, sort my issues. Wow. That's that's freaking insane, man. And to see where you are now from that old person, you know, that old self that was still stuck in all that trauma but had just suppressed it so much. To now, it's like it's so beautiful to see, man, that you've you you know you're working through that. How how was your how has your friend group changed, and and how did you sort of deal with that? Did you just, I mean, yeah, talk to me about the the whole friend group situation over you know your journey. I suppose with I suppose I'd only I'd only been in Perth for for five six six months mm. before. Um, going to the cacao and my my friend group was very very small i didn't i didn't know i i moved to perth not knowing a single person here wow okay and yeah so my my friend group was pretty small um but there was i was part of a uh a sports sports club here in perth and an irish sports sports club and uh yeah, like we play a sport, an Irish sport called hurling. It's that one with the stake and the ball. And yeah, the crazy one. Madman. Yeah, the crazy one. 30 guys running at each other. <laughs> um, but um, I just, I remember being in a pub one night with them and just completely secluding myself from the group because I couldn't, couldn't communicate with these guys. And this was even before I had started on my journey. Yeah. That I just hadn't a clue how to communicate with these guys. Yeah, wow. Um, so my my friend group in Perth was 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 really small. And then when I started on this journey, I found that I was able to openly express how I was feeling, and there was guys able to relate. And when I found people and men women it doesn't matter that were able to relate to where you were at i felt that i was at home i was like oh my god my entire life i've been i'm not alone i've been searching for people that i could just like relate and you can just be yourself there's no expectation to show up or to be someone you're not you're just yourself and yeah, coming come like and, and being at these, uh, uh, being around men like that have been on this path have been like so. It's been so nourishing to me. Mm, yeah, Bloody um, earth, man. And so basically, yeah. you went there knowing no one, and you sort of was just passing the motions, and then, um, you as you opened up and started sharing your journey, you connected to more people that resonated with you and then you went on your conscious journey and meeting people that were just on the same conscious path as well and mm-hmm. i mean it's fair to say that you've got more wholesome friendships because of your own conscious journey right yeah oh 100 and even even with without the, the the people on the wholesome journey the people that like in the sports club i find that i can I can relate to them a little better because I'm not at such a, like a traumatic state. Like I can actually, I can hold space for somebody to talk or if they want to talk shit, they can talk shit. That's fine. 
but I find that it's yeah, I mean, it's easier for me to 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 be around be around people and to engage with people because I I was just at the stage that I just couldn't couldn't engage with people mm. that everything was just so fucking everything was just so difficult like even if it was just in a pub like having a couple of pints or whatever I just couldn't fucking talk to people I just couldn't engage with people but like this is all opened up for me and and just being able to like have a yarn with somebody or just to be able to especially the people that are on on this path man just to be able to just have a good chance yeah and ask for help and ask for ask questions and work work through you know you sort of you start talking about what you're working through you know because and that's it like you're 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 able to relate even if that person has a question fuck it like you're only thinking that question a couple of days ago you totally relate to what they're saying yeah exactly man totally brother and that's what it's about is that resonation hey so Mm. uh we got two questions left what part of your conscious journey are you most grateful for man my or dealing with my suppressed rage uh when when we were over in Bali, when when that came up for me, mm-hmm. uh, it was something that I had suppressed for fucking so long. Like I didn't even know that I had it. And when that kind of came up, it came up fucking hard and heavy for me, and I had no choice but to deal with it. Yeah. And when I when I dealt with it, oh Jesus, I was a completely different person after it. Yeah. Um, like I I even say that. The first retreat in Bali was a very raw experience. Like it had just, I had seen everything and just like was experiencing it all again. And it was a very raw experience for me, but I had some huge insights from it. But the second, second time we were over in Bali, it was a deep, it was fucking deep and it hit, it was straight to the point. Mm. And I've, I've come away from Bali with like a sense of centeredness man i like i've i've been centered for like what i class is centered for fucking four months or whatever it has been and just knowing that i could that it was always there but i just never never accessed it and now like i i've been in in i've been at certain points like yeah, like I could be at work in my own little bowl on my own and just like think of a moment in time that just like where I should have had, uh, I should have reacted differently or I should have stood up for myself or whatever. And I think of that moment, and next thing this rage comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I just experience that, briefly experience it for a moment, and then it settles down into it. And I'm like, it's just knowing that I can actually. I had that in me if it was ever needed that I could call on that. I had the fucking power, like I stepped into it and had the power. Finding that really grounded me. Yeah, really grounded me. It was a deep it was a deep retreat, eh? Like fuck that was it just it blew me wide open, man. And like it's funny because, you know, that ang that rage comes from that suppressed anger, all those moments where you you needed it most but you didn't have the internal strength and courage to just fucking um fight back and and 
you know, there's no regrets and that was just the way it was always going to be because mm. now you've got this capacity to understand yourself on such a new level and it, it's, it's hard to say you would have had that same experience if anything was different. Um, yeah. So I feel you there, brother. And, and to, fini- to finish this off, this is the most beautiful part is the one tip that you would give to your old self who's just starting this journey. Jesus. Uh, it's going to be painful, but it's going to be a reward. Mm. Like, like, it's been a painful journey, but Lord Jesus, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back for anything. This has been the most incredible thing I've ever done. Wow, man. That's like, fucking amazing. Yeah, it was painful, but you can't grow unless, unless you step into the discomfort. <laughs> and you have to take that step into the discomfort. Imagine your old self hearing that. You probably oh, went off. You probably went fuck off, mate. Yeah, <laughs> fuck are you. Yeah. I'm your future self. Wow, bro, that was a really beautiful interview, man, and and so so raw, man, and 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 I really respect you for being here and just showing up and sharing that story, and I definitely am excited to have this out for more people to listen to and, and uh, there's definitely going to be some resonation from others that's for sure brother so thank you very much for that oh, I appreciate it man and thanks thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on I've never done anything like this but I definitely stepped into the discomfort with it anyway man and I have to take my hat out to you for, for that man. you're welcome brother and same goes to you man you did fucking great for your first podcast I, I remember mine and I was a fucking, a ball, like I was just a nervous wreck. I was like trying to just do all these things. And um, yeah, so it does get easier, man. Hey, as soon as you start <laughs> muscle, you, you, it gets a lot easier. Yeah, you're definitely changing, changing people. But man, it's your podcast. I absolutely love it. Oh, I love hearing your side of it. You're, you're definitely a well-knowledged man. I can guarantee you that. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And thank you to everyone listening. And until next time, peace. Woke man, bring love and just be. I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see. I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man. Wokey woke man, woke man. Wokey woke man. Bring love and just be woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man. Bring love and just be.